You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. This is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. Father, I'm really excited today because we were discussing this enigmatic chapter, the first chapter of Matthew, with the genealogies and with all these lists of names. I've heard so many different explanations for this, but understanding Biblios Genesios, the book of the genealogy or the book of the generations. And I'm really interested to hear more about how how you're understanding this chapter and how it fits in the greater context of Scripture. Well, thank you very much. This is a powerful issue, so let me go directly into it. We have those two words, uh, Vivlos, book, Genesios of Genesis. Let me begin with the first one. Again, according to my view that I expressed in all my books, that the Gospel of Mark, which is the Gospel of Paul, was entitled Gospel of Jesus Christ. Then Luke, which is the second gospel, used the other word that Paul uses to speak about his preaching, which is logos, word. Luke uses this because he decided to split his work into two volumes. If he would have called each volume gospel, then we would have had two gospels written by the same person, which would contradict openly Galatians. There is only one gospel. So he opted for the first word, although we don't have that, but in Acts we have the second word. When in the translations we read book, that's wrong, it's word. So the third gospel, which is the gospel of John, begins with one logos, but in chapter 20 he turns it into a book. And Jesus did many other signs that are not written in this book. And then in 21, he says that if we would have had to write everything, even the books that would be written would not contain that. And the last one who pushes the issue, which according to me is the latest book of the entire scripture, that's why it is the most central, and that's why it is put at the beginning of the New Testament, which is Matthew. And he entitles his work as a book of Genesis. Now, I stress the word Genesis because although RSV and even already its parent, KJV, translates as generations, but in 118, where we have again the repetition of Genesis, they translate it as birth because following that we hear about the birth of Jesus. But here again, for those who are listening, we have two different words. They are close enough, but different. Genesis is the becoming, the being, the producing, whereas genesis is the birth. That's very important to remember that Matthew repeats that word genesis in 18, and thus he looks at the so-called birth of Jesus along the same line. Now, Genesis is the translation of the Hebrew Toledot, which is birthings, family tree. And in Genesis 5.1, in Hebrew, we hear the book of the Toledot. Only there, the word book before Toledot, which are the generations 
the descendancy. But the Septuagint, which I repeatedly say was done by the same authors of the Hebrew, retrojected the word book before Genesis into four in connection with the heavens and the earth, which is phenomenal. In other words, they insisted that chapters one through four are an entity in itself. Thus, Matthew presents itself on the one hand as a book already scripturalized with authority as the book of Moses, of which we hear in Mark 12:26, the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, Luke 3, 4, the book of Psalms in Luke 20 and Acts 1, and the book of the prophets in 7:42. So here we have Matthew upgrading John's uh, Vivlion, it is as though it's a small book, into a full Vivlos, total book. But then Matthew presents itself as being the book of the Genesis of Jesus Christ, which parallels Adam, as I said, and the heavens and the earth. I mean by that, that the intention of Matthew is to present Jesus in his ascendancy as more encompassing than just going up until Abraham. Now, obviously, Luke had written about the genealogy and pushed it up to Adam. Why didn't Matthew do that? Well, every writer has his own twist. And then Matthew began with Abraham, who is the father of many nations, and his wife is the mother of many nations in Genesis 17 in conjunction with the circumcision. So I'm convinced that Matthew had this in mind by beginning with Abraham and not Jacob, who is Israel. And through the covenant of circumcision, he is already preparing for the inclusion of all nations. And I shall speak about this when we shall hear at the end of the book. And now, my dear friends, Jesus speaking to his disciples, you have to go and carry this message to all nations, pandata ethni. So again, it's literature. It's not that, well, Luke is more interesting because he pushes until Adam and Matthew begins only with Abraham. People tend to speak like that. His total view is the same as Luke's, but he has his own way to speak about it. Now, I'm convinced that it is so because Matthew already as early as chapter 2 includes the nations. And very interestingly, he includes all the nations of the biblical area. This is transparent in the fact that he makes Joseph go to Egypt with Jesus. Then when he comes back, we have the visit of the Magi who come from the east and thus from Assyria and Babylon. So the message is all over the place. And many scholars have mentioned that Raymond Brown has a book about the birth of the Messiah, and he shows how Matthew chapters 1 and 2 is, in a nutshell, the entire message of the book of Matthew. I mean, these things are technical. I say the same thing about Genesis 1 through 4. So let's go to the actual text itself. It is very interesting that at the top of the so-called genealogy, let's call it the list of children, we have, obviously, Isaac, but then Jacob and Judah. 
Now, Judah, we all know, is connected with David. You know, Judah is the kingdom of Judah, and then David is the most famous person of Judah. But at the end of the list, and one cannot prove that, that's why it's made up by Matthew, we have again Jacob, Joseph. So what Matthew is saying, that this time we are talking about the genealogy pushed not through Judah that ended up exclusive and locked around himself. No, but Joseph, Joseph is the one that his brother sold and he went to Egypt and in Egypt he became the prime minister and he saved, and I stress this time and again, not only Israel, but also Egypt from the famine. So he was the gift for all nations, for, if you like, to speak biblically, Israel and the nations, the Jews and the Gentiles. So Matthew, in conclusion, used the book of Genesis to remind us of the first of the five books of Moses. And in this way, he is saying, here the story begins. And in a few minutes, I shall show you how at the end of chapter 28, he finishes the story. So Matthew is a total mini scripture. It begins with the beginning and ends with the end that is ahead of us. People always imagine that the end is coming to us. No, the end is already spoken of in the Bible. The Orthodox should know that better than anyone. The priest in the liturgy say, and we remember also your second coming. How could you remember the second coming? It's because you heard about it in the Bible. Now, Matthew has an extra twist that reflects his intention. And this is a classic. I mean, many people have said this thousands of times, that the book of Matthew is divided in five sections. The first one ends with when Jesus finished these words in Matthew 7, then in 11, then in 13, then in 19. But the fifth time in Matthew 26, 1, he says, and it was when Jesus finished all these words, he adds this all, which inaugurates the last phase. You know that after two days, the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered to be crucified. And it is the same Son of Man who will judge all nations in chapter 25. It's really very impressive. So we have five times. And just to put it as a footnote, I don't want to overwhelm my hearers, but all these phrases in Greek begin with keegeneto, and it was that. And egeneto is precisely the verb that is from the same root as genesis. So here again, and you know, you've heard me so many times, if one does not hear scripture in the original, one is not hearing scripture. So then a few chapters later, after the resurrection, we have the culmination of, as I mentioned earlier, that in spite of the doubt of the disciples, Jesus pushes them to go and preach what he said. They have to repeat his words. In the original, this is it. Just don't say anything from you. Just repeat the words that you have heard from me and to all the nations. And here again, we're back into Matthew chapter 2, the nations.
So one more time, Matthew is a total book covering the entire story, including the judgment of all natures, which is very interesting that it is in chapter 25 and does not need a second volume as Luke Acts was conceived. And in conjunction with the end of chapter 28, we have the phrase of the close of the age. You shall continue teaching until the close of the age. And I would like to end with this. It's really very impressive that the word close of the age, besides this time, is found only in chapter 13 of Matthew, which very interestingly contains a parable specific to Matthew. Immediately after the parable of the sower, he has a parable of someone planting seed and the enemy comes and plants weeds in the field. And to make a long story short, that word field is the same word that appears early on in Genesis 2.5. It's the field, like a garden, which is the earth. And Matthew says this in 13.38. The field is the earth. And the earth in the Bible is the totality. And the field brings us to the place where Cain killed his brother. In Hebrew, we have the field. But then also in the encounter between Abraham and Ephron the Hittite gave Abraham part of the field where he would bury Sarah. Obviously, we can go in detail now, but it's enough for this topic. So all in all, this Vivlos Genesios is really encompassing and obviously intentional. And the Latin has both in 1.1 and 1.18, generatio. But the English with KJV and RSV are very tricky. They switch to birth. So that's what I would like to say about Vivilos Genesios. Thank you very much, Father Paul. This has been mind-opening for me. One thing that occurs to me, you mentioned how we have another Jacob who begat another Joseph, and then Joseph, then the... Sorry, not another Joseph. The first Jacob begets Judah. The second Jacob begets Joseph. Ah, okay. I mean, in the genealogy of Matthew, Judah is dislodged, if you like. It's only the Judahites, the Jews. And with Joseph only having one son here in Matthew, Christ, then is Jesus then a replacement for the 12 sons of Joseph? Yeah, because it's the one that is commissioned with the mission. And his mission is for Israel or the Jews or Jerusalem and the Gentiles. You notice in chapter 2, Jerusalem with Herod and the priests refused Jesus the Magi accepted him, which is a reflection of Romans 9 through 11. But disregarding the acceptance or the non-acceptance, it's the fact that Jesus is put under the tent of Joseph. I'm talking genealogy now. And then Joseph, who goes to Egypt in Matthew, obviously triggers in your mind the story of Joseph in Egypt. The book of Genesis is in the mind of Matthew. Many, many scholars mention the fact that all these appearances in dreams is a recollection of Genesis, how God spoke to the people and so on. But again, all this is footnotes. Father Paul, this is really an interesting and compelling episode. There's a lot of meat 
in these few minutes we've spent together this morning. And I know that Richard and I will spend some time this week unpacking this and reflecting on our own reading of the New Testament on the podcast and in our work. So just want to say thank you once again for giving us your time and honoring us with your work and your effort. Thank you very much, Father. Thank you. Thank you. That was a tough one, but I think I covered, I can't say all bases, but it's, as you said, Father Mark, it's a food for thought. It's meat. And you are the ones who would decide if you want to, you know, concentrate, revisiting some of the items, and then we can do them more systematically. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Father Paul. Have a good week. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Father. you. Thank you very much. Take care. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.